0: Today is Trinity Sunday, and the Gospel reading appointed for this day is taken from the third chapter of St. John's Gospel, beginning with the first verse. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said to him, Are you the teacher of Israel and do not know these things? Most assuredly, I say to you, we speak what we know and testify what we have seen, and you do not receive our witness. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven, that is, the son of man who is in heaven. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, Even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, and from Jesus Christ his Son, our Savior. Amen. Men want a great many things out of life, but that which we need the most is utterly beyond our grasp according to our own abilities. Think about all the priorities, which never seem to change. Men want wealth, respect, influence, power, success in business, love. Anything that they imagine that the world can offer, in short. Anything that can be taken or earned or coerced or stolen or conquered. It's all rather dull, actually. But it's the steady drumbeat of human history. And it's all vanity. Even when the pursuit of such things is not befouled by sin, still it is as we read in Ecclesiastes, the third chapter. I have seen the God given task with which the sons of men are to be occupied. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, He has put eternity in their hearts, except that no one can find out the work that God does from beginning to end. I know that nothing is better for them than to rejoice. And to do good in their lives, and also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labor is the gift of God. The Lord has put eternity in our hearts, but our lives are brief and they quickly pass away. Men imagine that what they seek is the endless prolongation of life, but the folly and futility of the lives of the sons of men from Adam to the time of Noah demonstrate that merely having a great abundance of days does not answer the pain of the eternity in our hearts. Men who have perceived the vanity of trying to meet this pain through the works of men's hands have often sought consolations of wisdom. Not knowledge. That that knowledge still belongs to the things we've listed before. Men use knowledge to pursue power, wealth, and influence. No, we're talking here about wisdom. But the author of Ecclesiastes wrote again, I communed with my heart, saying, Look, I have attained greatness and have gained more wisdom than all who were before me in Jerusalem. My heart has understood great wisdom and knowledge. And I set my heart to know wisdom and to know madness and folly. I perceived that this also is grasping for the wind. For in much wisdom is much grief, and he who increases knowledge increases sorrow. And again in Ecclesiastes, So I said in my heart, as it happens to the fool, it also happens to me. And why was I then more wise? And I said in my heart, this also is vanity. For for there is no more remembrance of the wise than of the fool forever, since all that now is will be forgotten in the days to come. And how does the wise man die? As the fool. Now, among the philosophers of the nations, the philosopher has counseled, know thyself. But the self-knowledge of philosophy teaches us the vanity of men. So the wisest of the philosophers can only counsel men to impassivity. The end of philosophy is thus, for some, seen as being linked with the death of desire. But what does the truly wise man seek? That which is utterly beyond our reach. It must come down to us, for we cannot reach toward it. Of ourselves we remain ignorant. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has become his counselor? Or who has first given to him and it shall be repaid to him? For of him, and through him, and to him are all things, to whom be glory forever. Amen. Here is the wisdom and knowledge which are unattainable through our reflection, our labor, and our discipline. Their beginning and substance is revelation, and before the wisdom and knowledge of the triune God, we are silent. In the Gospel, we read, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. Here is a man of authority. He has power, for he is a ruler. He has knowledge and wisdom, for he has the discipline of thought, the alacrity of perception, to be among those trained minds and masters of the law, the Pharisees. Scripture tells us, this man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do, unless God is with him. Now, what insight, what honesty! He is perceptive that there is much to fear from his peers, for thus he came by night. But Nicodemus recognizes the divine approval of Jesus' teaching. Inevitably and inexorably, this man of wisdom and power was led to acknowledge the divine favor which attends the Christ, and thus, Nicodemus calls Jesus rabbi. It is a word which would lead other Jews to howl for Nicodemus' excommunication and death if they heard this utterance. But here, at the limits of his training in the divine word, his schooling in logic, his philosophy, Nicodemus stumbles from the beginning. The Lord's presentation, as we have heard, of baptism and baptismal regeneration is beyond Nicodemus's understanding and comprehension. So the Lord lays bare Nicodemus's ignorance of the fundamentals of scriptural teaching. For we read, Jesus answered and said to him, Are you the teacher of Israel and do not know these things? Most assuredly I say to you, We speak what we know and testify what we have seen, and you do not receive our witness. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, How will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? It was thus that Nicodemus was led to the wisdom of silence. Now our age is filled with noise. Our world is filled with confusion. We choke on an atmosphere filled with the lies of men. There is a cacophony which drives out reason, reflection, meditation, And we imagine that we want true wisdom to be grasped like any commodity sold in the market. We might as well go looking for it to be manufactured in a Chinese slave labor camp, shrink-wrapped in plastic and sold on the shelves of Walmart. Nicodemus, as we hear, blundered into the presence of the living God. Now, Isaiah knew to be terrified in the presence of God. The saints of old knew to hide their faces. Even the visitation of an angel would lead the saints to fear, save for the consolation of the Lord in his word, declaring that they were not to fear. But Nicodemus wants to show off, and his vanity is laid bare to all generations. You need silence in contemplation of the revelation of the triune God in his word the way of the divine truth, is narrow. Jesus thus declared in Matthew chapter 7, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it, because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way, which leads to life, and there are few who find it. And then immediately Jesus spoke of those who would seek to lead This is why, this is the reason why every word in a confession of faith in a creed is chosen with great care and refutes error as it proclaims the truth of God's word. We did not make a confession of our own devising, but speak anew that which was confessed of old, because the divine truth remains unchanging, for it has been revealed from heaven in the divine word. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. Nicodemus came with that which was fleshly reasoning, so that even when the Lord spoke to him of earthly things, he did not understand. Nicodemus confessed his ignorance, saying, how could these things be? The truth was beyond his reasoning. The Pharisees did not understand the doctrine of Holy Scripture because they misinterpreted according to their reasoning. The Lord made known to Nicodemus the nature of his divine knowledge. For he said, We speak what we know, and testify what we have seen, and you do not receive our witness. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended to heaven but he who came down from heaven, that is, the Son of Man who is in heaven. With these words, Jesus tells Nicodemus who he is. The Son of Man is the Son of God who is in heaven even as he speaks to Nicodemus. The Son of God is present according to the union of the human and divine natures. Where the divine nature is, through the union of the two natures in the one Christ, the indivisible union is such that the human nature is never separated from the divine in the incarnation. Nicodemus sought the word of a God-given rabbi. But what he heard is the word of God in flesh, the second person of the Holy Trinity, the revelation of the Incarnation is united in Jesus' words with the promise of the Atonement. For thus we we hear, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. As all of Israel was told to look to the bronze serpent which the Lord commanded be made, to deliver them from death by snakebite, so the Son of Man is lifted up, so that those who were in the death of sin might have life in him. The snakes brought death to the people as a judgment on their transgression, but the Lord sent deliverance for those who would be brought to repentance and faith in the divine promise. Now the Lord himself has come to make atonement for sin through his suffering and death, so that all who look to him in faith would have eternal life. And that faith is worked by the Holy Spirit, who converts the hearts of men through the word and Sacrament. In the call assigned sign for today, we acknowledge that Almighty God has given us grace by the confession of a true faith to acknowledge the glory of the eternal Trinity and the power of the divine majesty to worship the unity. To know that the, the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost is a faith which the Lord himself grants to us, which he works in us and sustains in us. Men do not find God. The one true God makes himself known to men. The Holy Trinity is known by divine revelation, and the Church confesses that which the Lord has made known to us in that revelation. We have been born of water and the Spirit. We have been baptized into this faith. The creeds are thus confessed in the order of holy baptism and in each divine service, because they are our confession of that which is our hope in Christ, the hope into which we have been baptized, and the resurrected Lord who feeds his flock with his own body and blood in the Holy Sacrament of the Altar. Flesh and blood have not revealed these things to us. The Holy Spirit has thus brought us to faith and instructed us in this faith so that we would have pardon and peace with God. For the one who was lifted up has ascended to the right hand of the Father and is with his church always. He will return in glory and we who are partakers of eternal life will abide with him. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, who has given unto us thy servants grace by the confession of a true faith to acknowledge the glory of the eternal trinity and the power of the divine majesty to worship the unity, we beseech thee that thou wouldst keep us steadfast in this faith and evermore defend us from all adversities, who lives and reigns ever one God, world without end. Amen. The people of Salem Lutheran Church of Malone invite you to visit them today for the 10.30 a.m. worship service. These broadcasts are provided to the support of the members of Salem Lutheran Church of Malone.